Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. Allow me, let me paint the picture for you. Let me paint this picture. I don't know if you guys ever follow me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, um, but I'm, I'm over hanging out with the talented Mr. Lee. And I don't want to give you too much background. He's all worried that, that if I give you guys too much background, <clears throat> people are going to come out here and harass him. But that's not going to be the case. But the talented Mr. Lee lives in the Phoenix area. And he lives in a very high-end area. Um, and he used to live in the Quonset Hut. Now he is upgraded to an actual structure, an actual building that has running water and electricity. And man, did he get the setup. He he found this nice charitable individual that basically rents out the mother-in-law. It's not an apartment. It's kind of a cabin is really what it is, a cabin. And man, he's got this back patio. I'm sitting on it right now. And I could see the saguaro cactus. It's a beautiful winter day in Arizona. It's sunny. All these big-ass houses are out here. And... uh and I'm all by myself. I'm all by myself. He had uh, unfortunately uh, had to t- attend to private matters. And then the the landlord who lives in the big house, he's he's gone golfing or playing tennis or something. He's a very active uh, gentleman. So I got this place all to myself. And I'm not telling you this. I feel like T.J. Martinell. Let me tell you about another story about T.J. Martinell. He's a real journalist. He was actually hired by a real accredited paper. Then he went off on his own, and he bought a cabin, I believe, up in the mountains in um, in the Cascades out in Washington. And he occasionally sends me pictures, and he's just turning it into this, uh, uh, what was the author? The guy that got drunk down in Florida all the time, Ernest Hemingway. He's refurbishing this small little bachelor cabin. He's aiming to get himself a wood-burning stove, and it's just... It's small and cozy. And that's the exact same thing that this mother-in-law cabin is like. It's got one bedroom, one bathroom. The living room is is, is not big at all. Maybe, maybe, what is that? That's got to be about 25 feet by 15, if that. And that also includes a kitchenette. No stove, but the great thing about Arizona is you can leave stuff outside so he has all this he has a lot of uh, kitchen stuff outside like a microwave and all that freeing up room on the inside and that's it that's all you need this is all you need this is all i ever need Uh, if you guys aren't married you don't have a significant other guys this is all you need and he's got this wonderful patio i think the patio is really what sells it and it just overlooks the mountains and the swirl cactus and all the other towns and you could just sit out here and work. 
then you go in. What do you What do you need more? What do you need more than than just a little cabin, a place to rest your head, take a shit, shower, shave? He's got his little study in there in case it gets a little bit too cold. And now I'm sitting on this back patio, looking at the mountains and Swaro and all that other all that other crap. I got a cigar, Cusano M1. Adam Piggott would be very jealous. Laptops plugged in. Recording as we are. This is it. This is the life. It doesn't get any better. And I guarantee you, it didn't cost more than $50,000 to build this in today's dollars. It didn't cost more than $50,000 to build this little <coughs> cabin. That's that's all. You Get some land, guys. Go out west. Find a, a perch a little place. Find a little place, drill a well, run some electricity out there. Just build a a one-bedroom house. One-bedroom house, that's all you need. And then then you got your land, you got your little fortress of solitude. You don't have no McMansion, you're not paying HOA fees, you're not paying property taxes, or at least, you know, not that much. Be out in Texas, be out in Arizona, be out in Nevada. Just don't be here during summer. Woo! That's the drawback of Arizona. I've been out here during summer. Should have known better. Twice I came out to Arizona and Nevada during the middle of summer. It was 120 degrees, I think, in Arizona. Miserable. Absolutely miserable. Not livable. Then you go. Then you travel. Then you vagabond. Then Then you're a digital nomad. You go up north. Go to Denver. Go to go to Salt Lake City. Go go to Montana. Go someplace for those three months. But then you come back and oh. <laughs> this is better than booze. I'd almost say it's better than sex. Almost. But this is just hang. On, I'm going to take another draw of my cue. You know what? You know what I might do? Just just to smite Adam Piggott because it's already sunny and about seventy two degrees Fahrenheit. Just to just to Smite Adam Pickett. I might have another Cusano M1 cigar off, which I didn't mail him any yet. Take a drag off of that. Oh, that's heavenly. Heavenly. Well, the only thing that can make this better would be a Diet Coke. I didn't grab any in town. But that's all right. I have a, I have a soda water here. But um, to all my European friends and all my American friends up north and dealing with snow, how is it? Is it not... Is the jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Like, that's over, right? Christmas time is over. Now you just get to sludge through the remaining two, three months of winter. I have a Romanian friend. Never met her. So, internet friend. She's into motorcycles and all that. Ah, she's a cool chick. That's cool. We chit-chat a little bit about different motorcycles. She gets happy when it's above freezing because then maybe they can go motorcycle riding. These guys are hardcore motorcycle riders. She showed me some pictures of what these dudes do in Romania. And across Europe. Those guys are hardcore. They're off-road bikes and they're going through like, you know, they're big, fresh rain and then the road is being flooded over with water and they're slowly nursing their bikes through that, that uh, those rapids, that flash flood. I'm like, boy, you guys are more ballsy than I am. Adam's up there in, uh, what, Netherlands, Holland, wherever he is. He's got that snow. The great one himself, man, Denver's, Denver's mental. Denver's weather is like a bipolar girl. You never know what you're going to get. Because I'm starting to look like, eh, is it getting a little bit warmer? I'm like, hey, 63 degrees in Denver. And then it goes down to negative two. I'm like, whoa, whoa. 
No, sir. Not yet. Denver is not, it's not, not Denver time yet. I'm, um, it's not even Southern Utah time yet. Atham, look this up. I'm thinking about going to Page, Arizona on the motorcycle. I got my motorcycle stored with my buddy in Vegas. I'm down here in Phoenix living for free and parasiting off of people for free lodging. Head back tonight. Got to pick my buddy up at the airport. And it has been unseasonably warm. It's been in the 80s down here in Phoenix. Even got a couple rounds of golf in. in, Some amazing hikes. Some amazing hikes. And I started, I'm thinking like, wow, it's, you know, and if it's cloudy and even rainy as it was in Las Vegas for the first three weeks I was there, you're not thinking motorcycles. You're thinking like, eh, at least it's not snow. At least it's not minus 20. Then I get down to Phoenix, all of a sudden it's sunny in 81. I'm like, hey, I should ride mo. Hey, I got a motorcycle. Not only should I ride motorcycles, I got one. And there's about a 10 degree difference between Las Vegas and Phoenix. Phoenix is about 10 degrees warmer on average. So you start doing the math, like, I, I rode in 37 degrees in rain one time. I, I can pretty much handle anything. So there's a piece of me, I want to do the Page, Arizona area, that Lake Powell area, in between Moab and Page, Arizona. And that's where it gets risky, because you're high up, snow could come in at any time, and like, ah, ah, some canyons I want to do, that's the Proto-Grand Canyon area, that's where the Colorado River starts to form canyons, big canyons, awesome canyons. And then pretty much once you get past Page, that's where the official uh, Grand Canyon starts. But that doesn't mean before Page, upstream from Page, the Colorado River hasn't been making some amazing-looking canyons and for some awesome motorcycle rides. Only a couple paved roads out in that area. It's a big loop I want to do. Uh, Atham, look this up. Green River, Utah to Moab, down to Mexican Hat, and then there's some road that cuts up and around the western side of Canyonlands National Park. But unfortunately, I think the weather is going to force me to uh, <clears throat> force me to, to stay in Arizona. Oh, darn. Horrors of horrors. I'll just have to ride around Sedona or Page or Cayenta. Not much in Cayenta. It's the Navajo Indian Reservation. Oh, here's the quail. Shit. Hang on. <laughs> darn it. Ashed all over my laptop. Man, these problems, these third world problems I have, man, ashing on my laptop. God darn it. <clears throat> now the quail are back. Mr. Lee put out a, a feeding block for the quail. Man, that Alan Quayle. You want to see some quail? I'm like, yeah, I want to see some quail. The, the, the wildlife in this backyard is amazing. They got gila monsters, scorpions, rattlesnakes, quail. Don't know how they all get along. Javelinas, saw javelinas for the first time. Never saw them. I've been coming here almost 12 years now. And all my buddies are like, oh, look out for javelinas on your bike. I'm like, I, I haven't seen it. Where, where? And after five years, like, yeah, is this like snipes? Like, like, oh, yeah, look out for the javelinas. Uh, let's, get the, let's get the Yankees, let's get the Northerners to believe in javelinas. Oh, there they are. And uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, javelinas, whatever. Well, then all of a sudden, late, late at night, I guess they're nocturnal. Mr. Alan Quayle, come here, come here. And I look, and sure enough, the javelinas are eating the bird feed. And the little pigs, little kind of 
Little pigs. That's all they are, little pigs. And I start to think, are they good eating? Could I hunt javelinas? And so, uh, oh yeah, there's a, there's a quail. So there, there are hundreds of them. He's got video of hundreds of them. So he promised me that if he put out this bird feed, there'd be hundreds of quail. And I think at most I've seen has been three. So it's kind of, yeah, there he is. He looks good eating too. I'm not much of a hunter. I, I, I don't really hunt. But I'm starting to think, well, shoot. If all the wildlife is going to come to your backyard, I just sit here with a shotgun and an AR-15. Shoot some quail, shoot some javelina. It's pork and poultry tonight. Anyway, how are you guys doing? It is the Clary Podcast. Finishing up, what is this, week two. Two and a half weeks down in Phoenix. I have to go pick up the talented Mr. Lee at the airport later on this afternoon. And yes, I know the podcast is a day late. I've been busy. What have you been busy with, Aaron? I've been busy working, actually. But then also this, um, like last year, uh, when I winter down south, I dedicate, my, my primary goal becomes working out. Because I got the mountains, I got a gym membership, and uh, without family, friends, or your regular structure, the girlfriend or anything like that, uh, you got a lot of time by yourself. And you almost become a monk. You almost become a monk. So you got the the Clary Adult Playground with mountains and running and hiking. Then you got the gym. And my workout has tripled. I now do uh, one muscle group in the morning. And then I go for a hike. And I do another muscle group at night. Because there's nothing to do. And now you're just like, okay. And I do work on the way. You know, okay, I get lunch. I do that. But but work and production have, has taken a back seat. Not to mention it's tax season, so you gotta get all the taxes done. But uh, I spend probably three hours a day working out, and the results are amazing. Ah, amazing. I could charge up uh, Black Mountain. I could charge up Squaw Peak. I can get up Squaw Peak in under forty minutes. Which is, for those of you in Arizona, you know that's good. Bench press is up by 20 pounds. I'm looking good naked. Seriously, if you guys want to get in shape, if you guys want to get in shape, move out to the west. Move to where there's mountains. And you cannot help but hike those mountains. Although, yes, the locals here, the the weirdest thing I ever see out here, it's not Gila monsters, uh, and it's not former ASU girl party girls who are now in their 50s with the pouty lips and they look like Frankensteins because of all the plastic surgery over in Scottsdale and Paradise Valley. The weirdest thing I see is I'll go to my gym and the treadmills will be full of people running and the irony, I, I should have taken a picture but I get that would be impolite. I, I guess you don't want to violate anybody's privacy even though you wouldn't see their faces. But at, at two of the gyms I'm at, because I have a, a membership at a, a franchise so I go wherever there's a gym, wherever it's convenient. You will have five people on the treadmills facing the windows, facing outdoors, and they're all running on this treadmill, and they're looking at mountains. In, they're looking at mountains. And I know for a fact that some of those mountains have trails because I've hiked them. And I almost, I don't want to bother people anymore. I'm kind of getting more hermitous in my old age. Uh, but I, I look, I want to go up to say, why don't you go out there? It's 75 degrees and sunny. 
there's mountains right there. And here you are, your hamster on a hamster wheel, indoors, listening to crappy boom chicka boom music, and the CNN is on. Go outside. Go hike. Saw another guy. <clears throat> Got my my uh, my morning coffee. I'm going out there, and all of a sudden I, I see this guy running, Joe Jogger. Every jogger I see is Joe Jogger. And then there's Jane Jogger sometimes. Joe and Jane get around, man. You see them running all over the place. You'd be amazed how they keep up with you. I kind of want to say, dude, what are you doing running on the side of this road? Why are you on this highway? Why don't you go out and run up that mountain? Why don't you hike up that hill? You get better cardio. You're in better shape. More squat. You never hit the squat rack again. Do you, do you squat, dude? No. Why would I squat? Why? I have a mountain that I climb up. I have multiple mountains I climb up. I want to go to the runner. What are you doing running? Literally, a quarter mile from where we are right now, there's a trailhead up a really cool mountain that you could hike. And you could get it done in about an hour, hour and a half, depending on your age and your shape. Ah, uh, it's not my business. So Anyway, hang on. Ash off the table. Also, uh, it is the Clary Podcast. Um, not much going on. Going to head back up to Vegas and uh, grab the motorcycle and continue the winter adventure. I have to pick up the talented Mr. Lee at the airport today. And, um, God, what time is it? Hang on. Where did this phone go? Also, I have to clean up the place because he's a clean freak. Oh, geez, I only got two hours. Good Lord. Got to do this podcast. Maybe I'll just do one segment. Maybe I'll do the extra segment while hiking a trail. But I got to pick him up in two and a half hours. I wanted to get a hike in. I wanted to do Flatiron Mountain. Atham, you can look that up. It's Apache Junction, Arizona. Look that up and you'll see the big mountain next to it. That one I can't do. In one shot. but um, and, Oh, hey, you know what? Let's do this. As I've ashed all over the place. Let's get the fan mail out of the way. I haven't done this in a while. <clears throat> Let's get this. Hi, Aaron. I watched your video last night about deprioritizing women. I have done that myself over the past year, but with men. I totally get what you do, what, what you and your friend were saying about having something predictable and quantifiable that will bring you joy. I think she was referring to a glass of scotch. Whether it's a glass of nice liquor or working out. I got into barbell training in February of last year. I squat. See, you don't have mountains nearby. That's why you got to squat. <clears throat> if you had mountains, you wouldn't have to squat. I press overhead and I deadlift. My squat went from just the 45-pound bar to 120. All right, you go, girl. And I put on 9.5 pounds of muscle before and after the DXA scan. Four pounds in each leg. I don't look like a dude. I was just severely atrophied my entire life, I think. Yeah, that, that's great. Everybody got to work out a little bit. I don't hate all men or anything like that. I don't really hate anyone, honestly, unless they've done something horrible to me. I think my problem is that I have an above-average IQ. I read your book, Curse of the High IQ, and took the queen of my IQ test, and it just confirmed why I already suspected. I scored a 117, so I'm not brilliant, but I can't tolerate the majority of people either, uh, either gender, for any stretch of time. My dad's introverted like me, and we both agree that we can not we can tolerate 15% of the population or much less on any given day. 
Oh, and I'm also enjoying the decline. I want to remain an entry-level mechani mechanical designer for as long as possible. Fuck becoming a principal and getting raped in taxes. I'm in that sweet spot of living comfortably with enough to have disposable income and emergency fund. Life is good. Thanks for the, thank the gods for barbells, booze, and Kindle books. Laugh out loud, Br Brigida or Brigada. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, <clears throat> look, you're probably a younger gal, and I, I understand. I know we're really hard on the ladies here. And I will stand by my position that it is the women that need the most amount of correction and work uh, in the United States. But that doesn't mean men are, are perfect beings and without flaws, especially the younger ones. Man, I feel sorry for you millennial girls and the Gen Z. What do you do with those soy boys? That has got to, that's just got to, well, then again, you know, based on what that college experiment or the studies 80% of the girls are always attracted to the top 20% of guys and you won't you won't sleep with your equal. They did that study. I'll review it very quickly again for those of you who've never, but they took roughly, I don't know what it was, but it was 100 guys, 100 gals, college age. And they had basically 10% of the 1 through 10 on the look scale. And they asked the guys, say, okay, who would you sleep with? And then they asked the girls, who would you sleep with? And they found that more or less like... Men were more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, egalitarian or no moral implication. But if you, let's say you were a guy who you were a five, you're dead average, you would say, I'd sleep with fives and above. In other words, you, you know, I, I'll, I'll sleep with, I'm a five, I'd, I'd bang a five, and but yeah, I'll bang a nine too. You know, if you were a two, yeah, I'm a two, I'll bang a two, and I'll definitely bang a ten. So guys would more or less equate to their equivalent looks. The girls, however, uh, 80% of the women would only sleep with 20% of the, the top 20%. <laughs> like, no, I want the alpha male no matter what. And I, I may be a four, but I ain't sleeping with no six. <laughs> <clears throat> Getting back to what the three sixes, you must be <clears throat> six figures, six feet tall. And what's the other six? Six inch dick? What? Sixes, six feet tall, six figures. What was the other six? There's the three sixes. And the girl herself could be 4'9 and, and 150 pounds, which is huge on a 4'9 girl. But I understand what you're saying, especially with the intelligence. You're throwing, you're, you're a girl that's got her act together, you're in shape, and you uh, and you got an IQ of 117. Yeah. I, I And you're a millennial. Yeah, I don't know who you date. I do not know who you date as a, as a young millennial girl. Next email, Aaron, if I may. You may. Shoot, most people call me, hey, asshole, hey, asshat, hey, captain, asshole. Absolutely, you can call me Aaron. I just finished, enjoy the decline, I gotta tell you, I'm sold. Oddly enough, I started to embrace minimalism in a limited form before I found your book, but now I've decided to go all in. It has also informed my thoughts about retirement. I thought you might be interested in how one fan is crafting his enjoy the decline lifestyle. Uh, Mid-30s, two kids, one on the way. Bought and renovated a house on the East Coast, sold it for a tidy profit. Moved to Tejas, bought two acres with a shitty house for cash, making house not so shitty with my own two mighty hands. There we go. There's the masculinity. No mortgage. Property taxes, $50 a month. Nice chunk of cash in the bank. Two used paid-for cars. Homeschooling kids to avoid cat lady feminist educators. State-enforced degeneracy. 
and increasingly low standards. Can live on only 18000 a year. Look at that. <clears throat> All you people over in the burbs doing your rat race, doing your commutes. Oh, paying your property taxes for your McMansion, which is more than I ever paid on a mortgage or rent. And this guy is making it, supporting a family of five about to be on 18000 a year. They used to do that in the 50s when people were happier and, and uh, much more stable. But remember, the 50s, we, th- we should throw everything, we should throw the baby out with the bathwater in the 50s because it was racist in the 50s. Women, ha- women were forced to be in dungeons and be barefoot and pregnant the entire time. And don't you ever point to any female judges or any female business owners back in those days because that didn't happen. That just, that, that just didn't occur. Who was it? I was watching Antiques Roadshow uh, the other day because I did stay in a couple hotels and you get cable. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll binge on Forensic Files and whatever else they got on TV. Uh, but they did P- Penny Peggy. Oh, I should I should look her up. But this gal brought in all these signatures from these astronauts because her aunt, who passed away very recently at like 98 or something, she was a colonel in the United States Air Force. So this guy, I think, John joined the reserve, or the auxiliary, uh, back I think World War II era became a nurse but then she got into Nassau and she was in charge of uh, the nursing program said why do you have a nursing program well it was because uh, if in case the astronauts were injured or whatever else we'd have to learn how to take care of them uh, treat injuries and and such and so they had to learn about the the equipment and the astronaut suits they had to wear them to figure out how to take them off Uh, and this niece of this colonel in the Air Force she had pictures of her of her of her aunt, and this woman wrote a book, um, wrote fiction. Uh, she had all these signatures of all these astronauts. She had this incredibly accomplished career. I'm like, man, you go, girl! And they had, they had to learn how to swim so they could save the astronauts if they landed in water and they were unconscious and all this other stuff. And I look at that, and I'm like, well, how is that possible? I thought we just beat women back in the fifties. And we chained them to dungeons. And then we just raped them so that they'd have our babies. How did this woman escape? How did she achieve that? (laughs) And it was a really cool collection she had because she had all the signatures of all these astronauts. Oh, and that's the other thing. The woman was a very good artist. She drew, um, look it up, Antiques Roadshow, Colonel Nurse. I want to say her name was Peggy or Penny or something like that. Don't quote me on that. But I was highly impressed with the woman. I, I kind of, and I, I tried to look her up, and you think this this woman would have an obituary or would have made a great living American status, and nothing. That was that was the most notoriety this woman ever got. Was the Antiques Roadshow? So I think, out of respect for, frankly, a superior human, we, you ought to do a little bit more research and find this gal and bring her to a little bit notoriety. But I thought that was really a colonel in the Air Force, a woman. I, I have a feeling she didn't she didn't fish bicycle don't need no man trademark. But anyway, back in those days, it, you could you could live off of eighteen thousand dollars. You could support a family. It was a little bit more stable. I'm um, going back to the fan mail, which was more than covered by my online business and whatever else I want to dabble in. Look, he's living the dream. 
remotely uh, remote uh, location independent employment he's got his house bought and paid for it he, he, he's living the dream no commuting stress or normie jobs for me or wifey a bit of land for chickens and gardens and whatnot. so again thanks for your book I've never felt better about living in this hollowed out decaying carcass of a nation as I do right now Cato well thank you very much Cato I think this house is a little bit more than what you pay but man Oh, I, I I could see it. Except instead of Arizona, you're out in Texas. Have little kids running around. Oh my gosh, are you guys spending time with your children? You're not shipping them off to daycare, or shipping them off to to basketball practice, or football practice, or or baseball practice, or pom uh, pom practice. Do you guys actually have sit down meals? Don't tell me you guys talk about each other's day and love each other. Oh my god. Hello, Aaron Clary, aka asshole. There we go. We're back to normal now. My name is Ioni. I'm 18 years old. I live in New York City. In June of 2017, I graduated a year early from high school because I wanted to get out of, out into the real world. Look at her go. After graduating, I took a semester off before attending college to work, and I did a little traveling on the side. I was planning on going to community college for business management, but after buying and reading your book, Worthless, there we are. Spared another child. Let's have a drink of soda water to toast that success not to mention I denied big education another hundred thousand dollars I decided to switch my major to accounting my parents are paying for school I did not want to waste their money majoring in a useless degree I got an amazing opportunity to participate in a paid accounting internship with the MTA the MTA is a is responsible for the subways and many forms of transportation throughout the metropolitan area I have about $3,000 in the bank. I'm planning on saving more money throughout the next two years. With that money, I plan on traveling and getting out of New York City while getting a bachelor's degree online from an accredited school. Good. Look at Western Governors University or ASU online. You could get your accounting degree that way and for cheap. I want to say thank you so much for writing the book Worthless. It really inspired me to make good decisions about my future, and I hope it works out for me in the end. Best regards, Ioni. And she attached a very a nice picture, very cute young lady there uh and that that's good to hear Ioni. i'm very happy for you get um read reconnaissance man before you go traveling that'll save you more money than what you're going to spend on the book um because i know you east coasters you guys all think it, it the the world stops at the hudson and it certainly stops at my at the mississippi and beyond the mississippi there be indians out there and monsters there be monsters but um, get that book, Reconnaissance Man, and get your ass out to Texas and Arizona and travel a little bit. Um, but that is very good to hear. Especially the gals. I know we're really hard on the women here, but that's because you guys have a lot of room for improvement. And we're trying to stop you from making horrible mistakes. And uh, Ioni is one such lady we prevented her from making a mistake. Alright, that cigar's done. Let's ash. Hang on, I got an ash somewhere. Mr. Lee won't find it. <sighs> Final fan mail. Dear Captain, thanks for your guidance. Still, the article was fun to read. I thought you would enjoy it. By the way, years ago, I gave a copy of Worthless to my niece in university. Saving women again. Doing more to help out young women than any feminist ever did, and I'm deadly serious about that statement. She was majoring in music. She graduated this month with an engineering degree and a music minor. All right, there we go. We got 
clap for that one again. Your book put a smart woman in STEM. She is Catholic also, which helps marriage statistics. Keep up the good work. Sincerely. Uh, I don't want to give too much of the guy's name away. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel John. Colonel John. A lot of colonels today. Um, all right, you know what? Let's do our sponsors real quick. And then, God darn it, I'm having such fun out here. It's so nice. Why does anyone live in Minnesota? Why does anyone live in Maine? What is wrong with you people? Well, you got to do the sponsors. Where do the sponsors go? Here we go down here. Okay. Uh, mtfunow.com. Man the fuck up now.com. Their new sponsor. Um, they, um, he has a. Did I put the script down here below? No, I didn't. <clears throat> Basically, they, they started off as an apparel merch kind of website, uh, but they've had some success in what they're doing now. Oh, that's right. He's sending me, he's sending me a hat and a, and a hoodie. So I could do my videos with them and advertise them some more. But anyway, <clears throat> MTFU now, man the fuck up now. <clears throat> dot com. Um, they started out as an apparel site, uh, but they had such a good response that they're starting to do more blogging, writing, philosophy. And um, you know, you say, "Oh, do we need another red pill?" Yeah, there can never be enough enough red pill um, websites. I'm sorry. Do you do you see society in mainstream starting to wake up? Are, are people switching to STEM? Are, are women saying and acknowledging, saying, hey, wait a minute, it's all right if I want to be a stay-at-home wife and mother? Do you see men hitting the gym more, or do you see more soy boys? <laughs> just go for a walk. Just watch the TV. Just listen to the news. You'll see that, that there's not enough red pill yet. But I do want to advance those guys, because they're advancing me. They're They're plugging my products and all that. Obviously, there's a... Mutually beneficial relationship there. But anyway, check out that site, mtfunow.com. If you want to read a little bit more philosophical and you want to buy some merch where it has MTFU on the on their shirts and their hats. And then people, what does that stand for? And then you can then you can start a conversation. Don't let this like the we wanna have a conversation. Yeah, let's have a conversation. <laughs> Uh, xyz.net.au in other words for us yanks us septics www.xyz.net.au that is the uh, Australian red pill the Australian alt media not alt right I'm going to call it alt media because these definitions and terms keep changing as spurgs and aughts and isms and tisms keep infecting and flooding these new crusades Uh, anyway those guys they're, they're the Australian red pill community the flagship website. So if you happen to be Australian or you happen to be interested in Australian politics, which is it's kind of interesting. It's like the United States but the opposite side of the world and a lot more desert and kangaroos. Go to xyz.net.au. Uh, they got uh, articles, blogs, stuff like that. Adam Pickett put that on to me. Businessbuyeradvantage.com. Before you go and buy a business or or purchase a franchise or anything like that, please go to businessbuyeradvantage.com and hire out the services there. Uh, <clears throat> the, the proprietor, he, he runs a, it's a website, but it's kind of like me. He's got a podcast, he's got YouTube, uh, but it's all about, hey, look, before you cash in your 401k or RRSP because he's Canadian, have a pro look 
at the finances. Have a pro look and analyze your, your investment you're about to make before you go bankrupt and piss away your life savings, okay? BusinessBuyerAdvantage.com. Here, I'll read it. In order to get ahead and take advantage of tax laws and maximize your lifestyle, you need to be in business for yourself. It's faster, cheaper, easier, and less risky to buy an already successful business than it is to try to do a startup. Access tons of free information about how to buy or sell a business at BusinessBuyerAdvantage.com. If you like what you see and want to go deeper by taking the Business Buyer Advantage online course, use the discount code CLARY to get a special price. So he even gives you a discount for knowing the old captain. <clears throat> Praxy. <clears throat> if you need to contact the captain directly, you want to talk to me, it's basically like FaceTime. You can download the Praxy app. P-R-A-X-E-Y. Um, I bill out at $2 a minute. So have your question ready. Uh, but if for whatever reason you need emergency asshole consulting, you can contact me directly by downloading the Praxy app. P-R-A-X-E-Y. Look for asshole consulting. You got to provide them your credit card information. They don't steal it, but that's how you pay. So if asshole consulting won't do in a pinch, you need to talk to me. Fine, it's going to cost you an arm and leg, two dollars a minute. Just like those 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 sex lines. Remember those sex lines? I that was back in the the eighties and the nineties. The one nine hundred numbers. People spend thousands of dollars. I, I never understood that the the sex talk. I dated a girl one time. And and she found me. She was like two years older, and she was from California. So she she found me so quaint and so naive, and in some capacities I was. But she's like, "You're just not mature enough to do phone sex." <laughs> and I even I knew like, "Oh, shut the hell up! <laughs> what do you mean phone sex? What are, what are you talking about? Well, you talk dirty. I have a boyfriend back in California that I used to. And for all I knew, she probably still was. Oh, that was hilarious." And you look back like, no, no. She was a grade A inferior person. Just a grade A psycho bitch. Uh, You guys all date one. Don't worry. You all date one psycho bitch. That's what prevents us from ever going back. Some of you idiots get into that mentality where you're like, I'm going to change her. And then you marry the girl. Woo! Heaven help you guys. Anyway. Uh, so if you want, contact me through the Praxy app. Safety Doc, Dr. David Paradin. Check him out on the podcast. You can find him. On, I think he's on SoundCloud. Uh, but just search Safety Doc, Dr. David Paradin. For those of you who happen to be parents, it's more for parents <clears throat> and about safety and, and you know, protecting your kids and stuff. like. And not to mention yourself. Rich Cooper, Entrepreneurs in Cars. You can find him on YouTube. He's a... God, he's a ripped dude. That guy... A lot like Mark Baxter, you know, he went through divorce, and one of two things you can do, you can Terrence pop the fuck up and man up and get your life back together, or you can commiserate and get fat and be depressed, and Terrence Pop and Rich Cooper are perfect examples of guys that manned up, and man, Rich Cooper is, that journey alone, you know, tune into his, it's not a podcast, it's a YouTube channel, um, but the guy, he didn't let it get him down. He, he worked out. He dieted. He hustled. He has entrepreneurship. He also has his creativity in, in his website, Entrepreneurs in Cars. You can find it on YouTube. Um, but definitely some wisdom there. Uh, did you guys buy your nose hairs trimmers yet? Have you? You haven't? Why not? Why do you live your life through pain and agony, constantly yanking out nose hairs from your nostrils, and you wince and cry in pain? 
people's like, are you crying? Are you like a pussy man? No, I just pulled on a nose hair, man. Stinks like hell. You ever want to make one eye cry? Just pull, yank out one nose hair from that nostril and that eye will cry. Your other eye would be perfectly fine. <clears throat> but if you haven't bought your nose hairs trimmers, may I recommend you buy your nose hairs trimmers through my Amazon affiliate program. All you have to do is go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the Amazon banner. It's to the right. It's on the right, uh, what is it called? Right margin. And you don't, um, you don't go to the Amazon site directly. You go to my site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. You click on the Amazon banner there, and then they know you came from me. I get a 6 to 7% commission or a cut as a directing traffic their way. You don't pay anything extra. So if you don't want to donate, you don't have to because uh, I have the Amazon affiliate program. If you just get into the good habit of doing all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate program, it doesn't cost you anything more and you don't have to donate. If you would like to donate because, I don't know, you don't have any reason to buy any of my sponsors' stuff, you don't have any reason to buy stuff on Amazon, or you guys are just addicted to the Patreon thing. I finally set up a Patreon account. You can go to patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. No hyphens or underscore, just Aaron Clary. A-A-R-O-N-C-L-A-R-E-Y. Not E-R-I-N, Clarny, Cleary, Clory, O'Cleary, O'Reilly. It's Aaron Clary. It's not Abagnale. It's not Abagnale. It's Abagnale. Be curious if anybody knows what movie that's from. Um. Anyway, so you could donate there, but you have been always had the option to donate through my PayPal. Uh, if you go to the right bar again, the right margin, you scroll all the way down, you'll see like a donate thing or subscribe thing. You could select a monthly donation if you'd like through PayPal, and I recommend PayPal because they only take a three percent cut, whereas Patreon takes a ten percent cut. But I know everyone's into the Patreon game; they're like the Kleenex or the Xerox. Everyone's doing that. Okay. People kept it. Oh, do you got a Patreon? It's like, no, I don't. I have PayPal. It's like, all right, fine. Here's your Patreon. So if you'd like to donate either to PayPal or Patreon, you can. The Patreon thing's a little weird. It says, you'll you, you go to my site and it says, do you want to donate a buck per month? Well, you got to click on the, it's a dollar plus. And then all of a sudden it, it gives you the option to donate more per month. You may donate as much as you like. So then I might buy fine cigars and, uh, gas that's basically what i'm doing it all goes to gas and traveling and there's not much lodging expense what is it gas food food and gas that's it fuel the car fuel me you may make donations or buy all your amazon stuff from my amazon affiliate program we got my books reconnaissance man that's for those of you who don't know what to do out of college or you don't know what to do out of high school and i recommend that you explore this country and figure out where you belong first before you start building a life on top of it. So pick the right place to live in the United States, read Reconnaissance Man first, and do some reconnaissance. You say, Aaron, why would I do it? Why don't I just drive out? Why don't I just go road trip off into the distance? Because if you do that, you're going to waste thousands. Actually, you literally are going to waste thousands of dollars visiting places that suck. So why don't you save yourself thousands of dollars? Again, I will make the guarantee that if you buy one of my books and you read it, you will at least get a hundred percent no thousand percent rate of return because of the savings involved so you're not going to waste as much money you're not going to go to new mexico you're not going to waste your time in new mexico because new mexico sucks you're not going to waste your time in north dakota because north dakota it's all right but south dakota is a little bit better 
So the time and money savings alone, if you want to go road trip, you don't know where to road trip, get reconnaissance, man. The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, that's to help out our black brothers and sisters who are bold enough to read it. If you're a black and you're male and you're in poverty, get that book. If you're black and a male and you're not in poverty, you don't really need the book. If you're a male but you're not black and you're in poverty, yeah, you could get the book. And if you're even female and black and in poverty, you could get the book. But I don't think you're going to like it because I'm not terribly kind to black women especially since they're lining up to worship the almighty welfare check. Bachelor Pad Economics, Young Man's Indispensable. I'm sorry, that's, uh, Bachelor Pad Economics is the financial advice Bible for men. Uh, that one is universal. Worthless, we already talked about that in the fan mail. Make sure, give that to your kids. Hey, kids are graduating here or coming up in four months. You want to get a graduation gift or you want to get your, your kid or who's a sophomore or junior in high school? Because they got to choose a college, they got to choose a degree by that time. Why don't you get them intervene now? Remember what I said about the thousand percent rate of return guarantee? Yeah, they get that book. They're not going to go major in English or worthless slop. Enjoy the decline, accepting living with the death of the United States. I know you guys are all excited about Trump, but <clears throat> I just don't like the long-term fundamentals of the United States. And uh, Chad Elkins Tax Guide. Look up Elkins Tax Guide 2018. Uh, you can find that on Amazon.com. If you are looking to save money for this year's taxes for 2018, or you happen to be an accountant, actually kind of a professional publication and periodical, they come out every year. So check that out. Elkins spelled E-L-K-I-N's tax guy. Other people's book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill, both by Adam Piggott. You can visit Adam's site at pushingrubberdownhill.com. He is back from vacation and now should be back to doing his regular uh, writing and podcasting, which he is. They went out to him and the the good wife. I think he calls him the good wife. Um, they went out to Italy to go skiing, and they drove. They drove, and he did a podcast, the driving episode. Listen to that. You can find him on SoundCloud.com. He did the driving episode where they did the math, and by the time they flew out and took public transportation and yada, 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 it was just easier to drive to Italy. It was only 12 hours? That's different. Like in Europe, <laughs> you drive 12 hours, you're out of Europe. You're like, hey, we're in Russia. United States, you drive 12 hours, you're still in Texas. Um, so he has his books, he has his podcast, and he has his website. Check him out. Uh, Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse by Marty Andrade. The Glimmervale Chronicles by Michael Kingswood. Uh, Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage. Trade the Ratio by Glorious Carl. If you're interested in investing in precious metals, I strongly recommend you get that book, Trade the Ratio. It's for beginners and advanced uh, investors in precious metals. Carrie Lutz's book, Viral Podcasting, if you're ever interested in getting into podcasting. And, oh, wow, look at all these advertisers. Uh, Roll Tomasi's book, Rational Mail. Dot com. Check out his site. Check out his books. You can find that. And also buy some of his whiskey at tapwhiskey.com. Most of these books, and certainly mine, are available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. Except Black Man's Got Out of Poverty because I'm racist. Uh, do I want to do the rest? Yeah, let's do the rest of this, and then we'll be done with it. I could just do the next segment and not have to worry. <clears throat> Assholeconsulting.com. If you need help 
You don't want to waste the time spending hours literally reading my books, which I understand because I hate reading too. Or your situation, your question is very specific to you and to be addressed in any kind of generalist book. Consider hiring asshole consulting. If you want lies, hire a regular consultant. You want the truth, hire an asshole. It's cheaper, better, and more effective than therapy because I'm a pussy psychotherapist who at the age of 17, I like working with children. I'm going to major in child psychology. Uh, yeah, I don't have time for that bullshit. So, what the hell? Damn bird. So check out assholeconsulting.com. Jacobsadultplayground.com. That's if before you go to Vegas, check out jacobsadultplayground.com. And it's not because of porn or anything like that. Uh, he is basically all things Vegas. He knows the ins and the outs. And uh, it's worth visiting that site because it will save you probably hundreds of dollars because he, he'll tell you where the deals are. He'll tell you how to get cheap hotels. He'll tell you how to get into clubs for free. He's your guy. You know, like, oh, I, I want a guy. Hang on, I'm going to scare this bird away. Yeah, here. Anyway, he's your guy. You got a guy. I, I got a guy. I want a pastrami sandwich. I got a guy. Hey, I need a, I, I need tires replaced. I got a guy. Okay, Jacob's your guy for Vegas. So go to jacobsadultplayground.com before you go to Vegas. Check him out. Conservative Brew. Uh, if you want to get yourself some coffee and you want it to be better than Black Rifle Coffee, which is sadly not that good. I, I like the guys, don't get me wrong, but it's not that good. Go to conservativebrew.com, really good coffee, and your money doesn't go to some leftist twat, organic, fair trade, free trade, vagina trade coffee. All right, It's just good damn coffee, conservativebrew.com. Check them out, order your coffee through there. Tell them the captain sent you. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. It's $50 a month. And then uh, if you need an account, hey, it's tax season. It's not like Chad's busy or anything. <laughs> He's swamped. But if you're looking for a good accountant, you want someone to do your taxes and maybe save you some bucks, take a look at your tax situation. Say, hey, you could do this, you could do that. Visit Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. And then we have uh, the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. Check out John Grant's site. He has a bunch of different podcasters there. That's a podcast station, 405media.com. Obsidian Radio on YouTube, Financial Survival Network with Kerry Lutz, Canto Talk with Silvio Canto over in Texas. Uh, if you happen to like Latino news, he's there, and you don't want to be leftist slop in Telemundo and uh, whatever the other one is, and like, uh, hey, gringos, give us your money. Check out Silvio Canto at Canto Talk on blogtalkradio.com. Tom Lycus at blowmeuptom.com, St. Lycus, our father who art in Los Angeles. Uh, we already talked about, uh, what's it called? Adam Piggott, uh, cynical libertarian society. If you can get over the sexism and sometimes borderline racism, you'll be all right. Uh, but warning you, he's even more angry than I am. And tune in to Mitch Berg at 1280 AM, the Patriot. Uh, you can tune in there and, uh, I think they got podcasts as well. AcademicCompetition.com. If you are looking for someone to write your worthless papers for leftist liberal arts classes that have nothing to do with your degree, go and do what wise, intelligent corporations do and outsource it. Go to AcademicCompetition.com and have Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff write your papers for you. Uh, you pay per page. 
Um, it's very reasonable rates. And then also, they will do your resume for $100. So if you're not too sure about your resume writing skills, have Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff do your resume for you. Uh, it's $100, and that's a fair deal. Uh, and then also, if you are looking for a job, Alex is always always hiring. He's hiring writers and marketers. Both jobs suck. Both jobs are boring. But both jobs pay, and you can do them from home. As long as you got a laptop, you can do it. So you could live literally in Thailand a very comfortable middle-income life working for Alex over in Cambodia or Thailand. Jimfair138.blogspot.com. Check his blog out, but he also is the resident uh, studio recorder for Clary's books. Uh, he does voice and narration, and uh, all my audio books are done by him, most of them anyway. So check him out, jimfear138.blogspot.com. And then we have my two classes, the Analysis Evaluation of Stocks and Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. They're available online. You have to pay for them. Terribly sorry. Just search them by title and take them wherever you can find it cheapest. Uh, if you need to take it accredited, it's got to be through an accredited university. But if you're just taking it for adult education, please do. Just be on your best behavior. Remember, it is not political. We keep the world separate. A lot of old retired ladies take it. Your grandmother's taking it. No cursing, no swearing, no I hate Trump, no I hate Obama. It's, uh, it's just a nice, good community education class. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? All right. And through the wonders of the Internet, we're back at the Southern Command. Made it back to Vegas. Yes, the podcast is two days late. I'm aware, ladies and gentlemen, I'm aware. Um, thanks to Chris Beckloff for this one. From IGN.com, Blizzard using social media to find toxic Overwatch players. Now, if you are confused, if you happen to be my age or older, you may remember, what was it, 12, 15 years ago, World of Warcraft, first MMOPRG or RPRG, where you could play video games online with hundreds of thousands, even millions of other people. That was... um, Witchcraft. World of, World of Warcraft. That's what it was. World of Warcraft. It, it became popular enough that South Park made a spoof of it. And Blizzard Media, or Blizzard Entertainment, is the company that comes out with some of them. And one of their newer games is called Overwatch, and this is one of those online games. So Blizzard using social media to find toxic Overwatch players by Michael Domenico. Blizzard announced it is using social media like YouTube to track down toxic Overwatch players. Game director Jeff Kaplan said in a new developer update, which you can watch below, Blizzard has begun proactively searching social media sites to look for incidents of very toxic behavior. Kaplan specifically cited YouTube as one of the sites which Blizzard is using to find toxic users. Kaplan said Blizzard has been actioning these users oftentimes before anybody has even reported them. Kaplan cited three recently added Overwatch features Blizzard has been using to fight toxicity allowing console users to report players, notifying players when a user they complained about has been banned, and giving in-game warnings to players who have been reported. Okay, so you, you, got, you got your spurgs and your aughts and your tisms. You got the, the 14-year-old kids cursing and swearing at you. I think when was it? That, that first started when you could play Halo online. You got the headset and these... <laughs> it was almost endearing and... Part of the online gaming culture where you go online and play Halo online 
where some 12, loudmouth 12 year old kid be cursing and swearing at you, calling you every name in the book. And you could try to talk back, but they just they just talk back at you more. And you know what? You got over it. You got it's hazing. It's a ritual. It's what adolescent and teenage boys do. And yeah, sure, some could get really offensive. That okay, maybe do you want to like, hey, this guy is just dicking around or playing the game bad or whatever. Can you ban? It? All right, if if there's enough complaints, maybe. But now Blizzard has decided they're going to start spying, and that's what this is, stalking your social media sites before they even allow you to play the game. Uh, Kaplan said, since the implementation of these features, incidents of abusive chat, oh, abusive chat, not abusive chat. Who, hang on, let's look up this guy. How old is this guy, Jeff Kaplan? I... Sticks and stones, anyone? Is that is that a concept? You know, I know you millennials are sick and tired of me picking on you, and feminists are sick and tired of me picking on you, but my God, when this happens, I, I really don't care about the national debt. I really don't care about immigration. I mean, I care about these things a lot. I really don't care about something I can, But what I care more about, because it ultimately determines all of the other things, is what, what kind of strength of caliber and character do you people have? These next generations coming up in the United States. And the world. Jeff Kaplan is a video game. Oh my God, look at this guy. Uh, Jeff Kaplan is a video game designer who currently serves as vice president of Blizzard Entertainment. He is known for his work. How old is he? He's older than me. Jeff, really, you didn't, you didn't like get in fights. You didn't have like, you didn't get called names on the, you probably got called too many names on the playground. Early life, born in New Jersey, raised in California. Have been an avid video game player during his school years, particularly influenced by the various Infocom adventure games. However, lacking programming skills, he never thought he would be able to get a career in the video game industry. Oh, what did he study? Got a degree in creative writing. Okay, all right, you're a pussy. I'm sorry, Jeff Kaplan. I'm I'm sorry. Are you gonna are you gonna go stalk me? Go file a complaint somewhere. Tell somebody I hurt your vagina. Honest to God. It shouldn't be a say and this this is what I worried about the Gen X generation, is that when we started taking over that we'd be worse than the boomers. In a lot of ways we are. A lot of ways we are. You could say we didn't come from, from the pristine conditions the boomers did. We did not come from laboratory conditions. Uh, but man, we just we have just as bad divorce rates. We're worse at raising our kids. I'll I'll grant I'll grant us that. But then we're now we're in positions of power. And, and an example by Jeff Kaplan or was it Jack Kaplan? Jeff Kaplan. It it's his decision that he's just going to go cyber stalk you. Um. Kaplan said once the invitation of these features, incidents of abusive chat are down 17%, and player reporting is up 20%. Well, good. Tattletailing is up by 20%. <laughs> Blizzard has also been working to increase penalties for players who are repeat offenders. In September of 2017, Kaplan said a player could face a potential permanent ban from competitive play. Competitive if they had been banned from for several from several seasons. Uh, that's it? No, that can't be it. Let's go to Bleeding Cool. Let's see if it goes a little bit 
more in detail here with this website. This is the same one. Yeah, Jeremy. We've all done it once or twice at the time we've played Overwatch, getting a little angry or frustrated, maybe said something we shouldn't have. Coming just a wee bit too close to being one of those trolls who spread salt everywhere like they own a salt mine. For many players, that's where it ends. But some like to take it, take out their aggression on social media, even hunting down the players they fought against or just screaming at Overwatch's official Twitter page or making a long tirade on YouTube. Well, according to the latest development developer update video below, you'll need to start watching what you say on social media and video related websites. According to Jeff Kaplan, Blizzard is now using social media to actively track down users who exhibit toxic behavior. We're not talking about your standard mercy is broken grief. We're talking outright vitriol and hate that would normally get people suspended and banned if they said or wrote it in the game itself. Kaplan also touches on the report system for consoles, which until last fall was practically non-existent, but since then, blah, blah, blah. All right, all right. Here's a question I got. For every Gen Xer out there who's who comes up with ideas like this, YouTube and and any other media company, typically social media, but video games as well, how much money and resources of the shareholders are you spending hunting down people you don't like? I'm not saying that you don't want to get rid of trolls. I'm not saying trolls aren't a pain in the ass. I'm not saying Nazis are great, but how much money are you spending? Like, let's say you got a a genuine racist, not a modern-day racist who's just somebody who doesn't bow down and worship at the altar of diversity, you know? Uh, Let's say you got a genuine racist, and they really hate Chinese. And they're saying chink and whatever other racial epithets there are for Chinese people. Um, What does it cost YouTube in terms of resources to hunt him down, program the algorithms, find him using bad language. Uh, then you got to ban him. Then you got to set up the. I know Google likes to automate everything, but you're still using computing power. Somebody has to program this. Hey, I'd like they they got to have a uh, uh, an appeal process. What what does that cost? And then the review process. Hey, I I I, I have the right to say this. No, when I say chink, I don't mean chink in a bad way. I mean chink in a good way. Kill all those rotten bastards. I mean, what, then someone's got to review that and, and figure, you know, you need a human, not a computer, to figure out the nuance. What does that cost? Like, is that really, is that, your, is that mission critical? Is that really, I, maybe it's, maybe you want to, maybe everyone's such a, a, an easily offended snowflake nowadays that, oh, this little troll, can you, can you allow mute or block? Now, somewhat related, in the same realm of nerdosity and nerdism and the world of Chris Beckloff, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out his blog or blog podcast, you can find it on YouTube, Chris Beckloff, B-E-C-H-T-L-O-F-F, EclipseMagazine.com, Dark Horse to release original comic series featuring Disney's Frozen in August of 2018. Now, you may say, what what, what the heck, what is this? What world have you brought us in? I brought you into the world of Chris Beckloff and... And uh, geekery, uh, which I'm somewhat comfortable. I stride both worlds. I managed to stride them both, being the awesome, independent, motorcycling, adventuring, ballroom, dancing, practically James Bond, practically uh, a, a, a rougher, more blue-collar James Bond, and nerd. I've pulled it off, but I will translate for you. Um, Disney owns Frozen. You know that, that movie that came out with 
with the singing snowman or whatever. Uh, and then um, they have a comic book coming out, and they also have they own Ducktales. If you remember Ducktales, that was obviously a Disney. What do they call it? Property right or they got the rights to it. And so, if you didn't know, Disney had also bought out Marvel Comics, so they could take all the uh, property rights for all the different Avengers and Captain America and Tony Stark and all that, and make movies out of it. So, Disney, we all know Disney. We mostly all know Frozen, and we all know Marvel. Disney owns all of them, and now they're going to start making comic books of them. And they own Marvel, so hey, they got this Marvel division that could do that. Milwaukee, Oregon. Today, Dark Horse Comics is thrilled to announce a three a new three-issue miniseries to release this August titled Disney Frozen, Disney Uto- Zootopia Comics, and Disney DuckTales. Let's stop right here. Dark Horse Comics is thrilled to announce a new three-issue miniseries to release this August titled Disney Frozen, Disney Utopia, and Disney DuckTales. Now you're saying, Aaron... Who is Dark Horse Comics? And the answer that only matters is, it's not Marvel. And it's also not Disney. Disney does not own Dark Horse Comics. Dark Horse Comics, this is what happens when you listen to the Beckloff, is uh, an independent player. There's Marvel and DC. Those are like your two big ones. And then Dark Horse is like the RC of the Cola Word. You got Pepsi, you got Coke, and then you got RC and some other smaller ones. So there's Dark Horse and then um, a couple other ones. But think about this. Disney, instead of going to their division at Marvel, have sent three of their properties to be turned into comics to an outside company. And Chris made a great point about this on his podcast. He's like, this is a sign that Disney uh, knows just how screwed up Marvel is. And if you have not paid attention to Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics among DC, but Marvel Comics is notorious. Uh, They've been infested. There's been an infestation of social justice warriors, uh, millennials, 20-somethings, heck, even some teenagers, these teenage girls, look it up, um, where they're converting, they're taking Iron Man and they're turning him into a black woman. They're taking Hulk and they're turning him into an Asian man. They'll never create, they'll never actually create a minority character that's original because, again, it's not about like, hey, you know, Maybe instead of co-opting, you want to talk about genuine cultural appropriation. Uh, it's not about like, oh, maybe we should create a whole new character that everybody can enjoy and they just happen to be female or they just happen to be black or whatever. No, we got to take white male characters and we got to convert them. So it, it, it's so sad that they want have a lack of creativity and innovation to come up with new cool superheroes that future generations of all races might enjoy. Uh, but then two, uh, you, you see that all they have, these are not real artists. These are not real playwrights. These are not real, uh, authors. These are not real artists. All they are, are political entities. What they, it is, it is no different than the art you see today in every modern day, uh, modern art museum. It has nothing to do with the artistic piece. There is no underlying art. There is no underlying skill. There's no underlying artistic value. They always have to attach a political value of the leftist stripe, <clears throat> always of the leftist stripe, to their work because they don't have any real work. There's, it's, it's slop. It's slop. But it allows an inferior and untalented, quote, artist 
the ability to feel good about their work, and if someone criticizes it, they can hide like the cowards and the untalented schleps that they are behind the political money. Oh, you hate women. You're racist. You're ist is. You're isms. They can just, that's what it is. And the sales for Marvel have just been tanked, like the actual comic books. No one's buying them because of all this political crap. That's all the millennials and some of the young Gen Xers, and God Almighty, I hope not, but some of the Gen Zers, that's all they know how to do is take something that's been created by superior people to them before and add politics. And we all know how much people love having politics added to their fun. You saw that with the NFL, where they, they had, I think, the lowest ratings this year because people just stopped. Even even the normie conformies. The, the sports ball enthusiasts, the guys who have nothing going on in their lives but horking down wings and drinking down diet beers over at the Buffalo Wild Wings wearing another man's jersey, even those guys tuned out. And the same thing has happened to Marvel. But it's so bad, it's so bad that their parent company won't even use them to go and release these new comics because I think they're afraid that you're going to turn this gal... Just have to look SJW Comics. Just look it up and you'll see the infiltration. I remember... Hang on, maybe I can even find it. Let's take a look here. Get that tag out of the way. A group of gals got a hold of one of Marvel Comics's... uh, I think they turned Captain America into a woman and you saw this team of women. It wasn't wasn't predominantly men. It It used to be all men. In this team, and now it's all women. If you looked at the way they draw these these female superheroes, they're all butch. It's all short hair. It you, you could just see that they're like, oh, they're all lesbians now. SJW Comics lesbians. Um, SJW Comics writer fired after turning GI Joe character. Oh, it's from TJ Media. Let's go to PJ Media. Okay, Comicsgate continues the rage after IDW Comic. That's another RC kind of um, um, comic book company, IW, IDW. Writer Aubrey Sitterson lost his job. Well, you name your kid Aubrey and he's a guy I can't help you because he turned G.I. Joe into a leftist fantasy, fantasy full of gay identity politics. Uh, Sitterson... Re- Imagine the beloved male character Salvo as an overweight lesbian. Here's what Salvo looked like before Stitterson monkeyed with him. Okay. <clears throat> and here's what Salvo looks like after Stitterson gave him a full SJW treatment. Yeah, and it's just, it looks like a guy. I'm like, oh, is that a guy? No, it's a, presumably a girl. Um, oh, wow. This is even w- worth looking up on PJ Media. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you got to go to pjmedia.com and look this up. Uh, Stitterson claims he made Salvo a fat woman because the original was too alt-right for his sensibilities. Why do you, why do you comic book people give these, these idiots... How old is this guy? How, how old is this Aubrey Stitterson? He's not going to be hard to look up. Why do you give them license? Why do you give them control over the characters? Just have them draw the day. We got the plot. We got writers. We got drawers. You guys draw the fucking shit. Yeah, let's see how old this person is. <clears throat> Aubrey Stitterson. Uh, he's got a Twitter. Let's see if we can tell. 
Yeah, yeah, he's a hippy dippy, long hair. How old is he? He looks like he's in his 30s, maybe late 20s. He's got tattoos and long hippie hair. Oh, how old? Here's his website. We get an age about. Come on, give me an age. Aubrey's. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway. So it, it took about five, maybe even eight years when it first started, depending on when this, this trend to whitewash out all the traditional comic superheroes in Marvel and the DC world. And G.I. Joe. Uh, and now this is a sign from Disney where they're like, no, <laughs> we're not going to have all the retards and the incompetence over at Marvel do these three new uh, comic books. We're not going to have you turn the, the Disney princess into a, a confused uh, a gay boy. We're not going to have you turn the guy into a girl. There's none of good. It's just going to be the cute little story. Never saw what the movie was. I think there was the talking snowman. There was a guy. There was two gals, and there was a caribou, and and it, probably a very innocent, sweet little Disney story. We're not fucking with it. We're not changing the formula. We're just going to have a continuation. All these little kids. Maybe Disney will actually be going back to what Walt wanted to be. Just something for little kids to enjoy, and there's no freaking politics. And then DuckTales, that was that was kind of a good cartoon. I ended up, that was what, early 90s? And for what it was, I was a little bit old for it. I'm like, ah, it was pretty cool. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And uh, Scrooge McDuck. And they probably don't want that ruined either. And then Zootopia, I believe that was already politically charged movie. Um, and they're going to turn that into a comic. Treasure Trove writer Joe Caramanga and artist from the KY Creative Studio both returned to bring some fan-favorite Disney characters to the world of comics. Disney's Frozen Number 1 finds Queen Elsa and Princess Anna trying to get to the bottom of things when the peace of their beloved kingdom is disrupted. There's a wild animal loose in the village, destruction in the forest, and unrest brewing in a nearby kingdom. Luckily, Elsa and Anna will have the help of Olaf, Kristoff, and a mysterious adventuring young woman to restore peace in their kingdom. All right, see? How hard is that to make a nice little happy story? Is that hard? Is that hard, Hollywood? Without you jamming some diversity dick in our faces and our throats? Can we just, can we just like, enjoy a movie without the politics? Apparently not. I, I didn't watch the Grammys, which has nothing to do with movies, but still, it's Hollywood. And uh, the the review is like, they slammed on Trump. I'm like, really? That's all you guys have to do is slam on Trump in politics when you give you speeches? Can't you just say, hey, we, cre- we create music? Like, I don't, I don't go into your world. I don't bitch and whine about how I didn't like somebody's most recent album or how I don't like how one person sings or another. Why, why is it, again... Do do you have skills as an artist? Are you not good enough? You can let your skills and your your artistic creations stand on their own merit, or do you always have to throw in politics? Ah. 
we are incredibly excited to collaborate with Disney on this great project, explained Mike Richardson, Dark Horse president and founder. Let's look up Mike Richardson. Let's see if he... I'm not expecting him to look like James Bond, the blue-collar James Bond that I am. Let's see what he looks like. There's probably a lot of Mike Richardson's. What was he? Dark Horse? Dark Horse. <clears throat> Older gentleman. 67. So he's a little bit older. Um, Emmy winning producer. He's in Milwaukee, Oregon. Alright, he looks a little bit older and wiser. Yeah, it, it looks like he's got normal testosterone. I could be wrong. Hang on. Let's... Well, they did Sin City. Oh. Okay. Oh, he's very, very awarded. Career. While in college, Richardson built the list of clients as a freelance artist and had planned on starting an art agency under the name Dark Horse Graphics. In 1980, Richardson quit his job producing art and designing products for a furniture company located in Portland and moved to Bend, Oregon with his wife, Carrie, and their newborn daughter, Michelle. He used a credit card with 2500 limit to open up a small pop culture retail store. The store's name, Pegasus Fantasy Books, was chosen off a list of 20 suggestions he su- submitted to the state of Oregon when applying for a DBA registration. Open for business. Changed. Grew into a chain. Eleven. All right, so he's a capital. Yeah, all right, this guy actually worked. He just didn't add and left this politics to his work. All right. Hopefully they won't butcher. They won't. I just, I just, that's why Disney left. You know what it's like? It's like you got this hot wife back at home, but she doesn't shut her fucking yap. And you, you announce, I'm going to go to this other woman and have sex with her, but I'll still be married to you. I, <laughs> I'm going to go bang her with three different ways. With th- I'm gonna, No, I'm going to bang three different women. No, what would it be more akin to? You have a girlfriend or a wife, and you have three gifts that you that you were going to give to her, but you're going to give it to three other women. Or you're going to give it to another woman. And that's good. It's great. There might actually be some sanity happening over at Disney. Now listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? From TheRoot.com, I think they are quoting the Atlanta Journal. <clears throat> Report finds some HBCUs graduating less than one out of five freshmen within six years. You say, Aaron, what's an, what's an HBCU? Historically black college and universities. Graduating less than one out of five freshmen within six years. And there's a picture of a poor black boy. Man, college. What, do you, what is it when you're a college? Ah, you're still a kid. You're still a boy. I guess it's whoever, however old the guy is referring to you. You're a college-age kid here. And he's all sad. And he's got his hands, heads in his hands. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, <clears throat> after analyzing federal data tracking graduation and retention rates for HBCUs, Came across an alarming finding. Uh, at 20 HBCUs, six-year graduation rates were at 20% or lower in 2015. To frame it another way, only one in five enrolled freshmen end up graduating within six years. For perspective, the 2015 national average for all colleges, six-year graduation rate was 59%. Really, only six in ten graduate? I thought everyone would be graduating. Like Colleges lowered its standards so much. According to the AGC, a handful of HBCUs are graduating half of their new freshman year, freshmen within six years. 
Leading the list of items on the 2015 graduation rates was Spelman College with a six-year graduation rate of 76%. This is considerably higher than Morehouse's state Morehouse's rate at 51% and neighboring Georgia State, where black students make up the largest share of the school population, with 58%. But Spelman fell behind the University of Georgia, which at 86% graduated about four out of five freshmen within six years. These numbers are not even in the same ballpark as some of HBCU's graduation rates. Among a sampling of the lowest are Arkansas Baptist College and Virginia State University Lynchburg. Now, are they going to change the name? They better change that name. Because that's what's important. That's why you guys, that's, that's what you college kids should get on right away. That's important that you do that. Each with six-year graduation rate of 5%. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Harris-Stowe State University of St. Louis graduated only 7% of its freshmen within six years, while Southwestern Christian College in Texas and Concordia College, Alabama, graduated only 1 out of 10 freshmen within that time period. The AJC report comes ahead of an in-depth report on HBCUs later this week titled HBCUs, A Threatened Heritage. The three-part series will examine the problems many of the schools face, the unique role they play in students' lives, and the perils that lie ahead, the AJC reports. Mary Beth Gassman, an education professor. Oh, well, we should listen to her. Let me guess, Mary Beth Gassman, you're just going to say that the kids need more help and more of other people's money and there's institutional racism. Is it going to be the same slop, Mary Beth? Is it? Who directs the Penn Center for Minority Serving Institutions wrote to the AGC about some findings, of its findings. Gassman noted that some of the HBCUs with low graduation rates had begun turning those numbers around and stressed the relationship between graduation rates and the income levels of a school student's population. More low-income students, typically lower graduation rates. Why? Because low-income students don't have access to the same college prep opportunities and because they don't have the financial safety nets of middle and upper-middle incomes. No, 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 no. We we do not complain about the cards we were dealt with, at least in Cappy's world. Well, you can complain about it, but you still play them to the best of your ability. You have every right to complain. I understand. you got every right to complain. If you come from poverty, from disadvantage, broken family, whatever. But you still play those cards. And you don't let your crappy cards affect how you play them. Because there's no other choice. There's no other. I know this is, this is not the touchy leftist feminist female. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just sit and commiserate and we watch The View and, and, we, and we cry and commiserate. There's no commiseration. We do not have time for commiseration. These are the cards we get. This is my weapon. We're in war. There ain't another weapon. I guess I better make this weapon work as best as I can. Please note that very few have Pell Grant eligible students typically... Wait. Please note that institutions that have very few Pell Grant eligible students typically have very, very high graduation rates. Uh, complicating the issue further is that many states have either moved or are considering moving to for- performance-based funding for public higher education institution. This means factors like a school's graduation and retention rates could determine how much the state funding an institution receives. Oh, well, those colleges certainly, they certainly won't lower the standards to get the money, right? Because we know colleges and universities, they just, they have those same high standards as they did back in the 50s. Uh, with that in mind, cash-strapped HBCUs. How can you be cash-strapped? How? What are the operating costs of HB of colleges in general? 
How hard is it? You have kids throwing thousands upon thousands of taxpayers guaranteed monies at you. And what what is, is the deans and all that? Is are you guys like are you doing what you claim corporations do that make money and actually have positive cash flow? Except you do it way worse. Like you guys just pay yourselves. What does the U of M dean make? I think they make uh, six hundred thousand a year. Oh, it can't be that you're top heavy in management now, okay? Because you love those kids so much. Uh, have lower than average. You see, it's always about the money. With that in mind, cash strap HBCUs that have lower than average graduation rates could find themselves cut off from an an important means of funding the sorts of resources that could make or break a student's ability to graduate. These include, as Gassman writes, summer bridge program, peer-to-peer mentoring, and student success centers. If here, here's what it boils down to: if you people want to stop coddling these students and stop treating them like mental retards and that's what you guys do i know you think you're helping i know you think you're helping although i'm going to accuse a lot of historically black colleges and universities but not necessarily the colleges themselves but black professors uh of the non-stem world particularly in african-american history or african-american studies you guys damn well know what you're doing and you're disgusting you guys are true uncle toms you guys are true oreos and 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 what, what uh, self-racist, whatever, what, you do hate the race because you damn well know that your degree is worthless. You're not offering poor black kids any anything of value worth that's going to help them get out of poverty. You're not teaching them any valuable skills that's going to help them get a career. You are, you are like pretty much every other university professor and everyone that works at a university. You don't give a damn about the kids. You just want their fucking money. You're all about the money. It's just about From Midnight Run. That's uh, you're just about the fucking money. Charles Grodin. Look at. Um. And you know, standard standard result for minorities. No success. You guys coddle and coddle. You don't hold them up to standards. You don't treat them as as genuine equals. It's oh, it's just a sob fest from K through twelve. It's just a sob fest. You don't know where your dad is. You don't know who your dad is. Oh, your mom's saying she's working hard. She's brave, even though you have nothing but half-sisters and half-brothers. And, and none, none of these poor black kids ever wake up and realize, holy shit, my folks fucking suck. <laughs> my mom fucked up. She, she fucked a lot. And, and now we're poor. The, the concept of income per capita, that per capita idea, would do more to liberate and make young uh, uh, minority, but it, it's not just minorities. I mean, you can see this in Wyoming. And anyone, any family that has way more kids than you can afford. Once you realize that having kids more than you could afford it in broken homes is, is probably the worst form of child abuse, when you wake up to realize that, that is what's really going to set you free. I don't care how bad your cards are that you were dealt. You will get out of poverty. And, and do not tell me there's not enough help. Do not tell me that. If you want, you could study. This is cultural. This is a cultural problem. Where you slam on people for acting white and getting good grades. Where you teachers are spineless and you don't discipline. Look at the St. Paul public schools. Woo! They started not disciplining black kids. They did because they were going to have equal discipline for all, all races. And what had ended up happening? Ah, the kids just ran the roost. And then I think, 
So the governor came in and started cracking down. In the, I think it was Mark. Well, it was Mark Dayton. That was during his tenure. Someone higher up came in and says, "You're going to start disciplining kids." Some teachers got the shit kicked out of them. Well, yay, hey, hey, I thought you teachers all really care. All you, all you are, all you are is you want to do the, the motherly cake raising, the bribing, the rewarding, the positive reinforcement. None of you want to be the badass. None of you want to be the tough fatherly love. None of you want to say, hey, listen, uh, uh, Frank, Bill, Bob, Amy, Jessica, knock it off with this fucking shit because your life is really important. You guys cannot deliver tough love because you don't got the spine. You ain't got the spine. Then K through 12, where you're just lining up and having your fucking Oprah view sob story with these poor kids. And then you send them off to college and they, you brainwash them to think the whole world's against them. Whitey's out against them. Male's out against them. The institutions are out to get them. And then you continue to coddle them. They're not strong. They're not independent. They're really no different at the age of 18 than they were at 10. Then you just throw them out, quote, into the real world, and they don't, oh, surprise, surprise, you held them to a low standard, you coddled them the entire way, you never let them stand up on their own and be independent, you never let them grow to become true men and women by the age of 18, although that, that's a laughable joke now, anybody at 18, God almighty, and then you wonder why, when you don't hold them to a standard, they're not graduating at so especially when you said I'm I'm very curious about some of these HBCUs, the, the ones that they're talking about. We have these very low uh, uh, graduation rates. I mean what what's the coddling like? To compare, which practically is an entire white school, look at Evergreen State University over in Washington. I'd be real curious about when they graduate in six years, because as so far as I could tell, that university is just a place for people to postpone entering adulthood. Stop treating minorities like inferiors. And then they won't be, quote, inferior in terms of these graduation rates. Hold them to a standard. Oh, but that takes work and effort. And you guys, K through college, not K through 12, K through college, you fucking scumbag. You guys think I hate teachers just because of my past experiences. I do. I hate them. That's what gives me my passion. But then when I look at just what hypocrites they are, what scum they are, where they, they, they so claim to help out the children and the poor and people of different, they're so, very, but then they, it's not, it's not. You guys are just lazy fucks who didn't want to work a real job. And I'm particularly disgusted with African-American or any kind of ethnical studies type of professors who are that same ethnicity and then take their own goddamn ethnicity, younger people, and sell them this poison while charging them fifty, sixty, seventy thousand, heck, a hundred thousand, depending on where you go for four years of that worthless indoctrinated slop, and you don't give them a goddamn skill in exchange, you give them nothing of value that's actually going to help them close a wage gap. You, you teachers are just disgusting, and by teachers I mean little kindergarten babysitters, and that's all you elementary school teachers are. You're fucking babysitters, all the way up to you indoctrinators in college. You guys are fucking scum. You're some of the most evil, disgusting people in the world. It'd be fine if you were like the Stasi, like you just like, yeah, we're scum, we know it. We'll just we'll just hide in the shadows. But you you just like, oh, we're the most wonderful things in the world. You go protest, you go changing children's lives. Yeah, fuck if you are. Yeah, you, yeah, I, I know. So all you teachers, yep, you really helped out these minority kids. Yep. We we closed that wage gap. You sure did help out minorities. 
30, 40 years of this diversity, help the poor, and this, this slop. And here you are, these unfortunate, one, in, one out of five freshmen only graduated. Here you got four poor kids that didn't. Four kids that, and, and, and they're not even graduated. They got a bunch of debt, though. You did get their money, right? You did get their money because that's all that matters. It's just about the fucking money. Hang on, can I find that? Can I find that? Midnight run. Midnight run. It's just about the fucking money. Can I find it? No. 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 Great movie, by the way. Midnight Run, probably fourth or fifth favorite movie. <clears throat> Die Hard, of course, is the correct answer for what's your favorite movie. Everybody should answer Die Hard. Um, but then, what was it? The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is up there, too. Duck, You Sucker. Man on Fire, that's a good one. That was a very underrated. Not a lot of people heard Man on Fire. Marcus, if you're listening, go watch Man on Fire. I've given up trying to get him to watch Die Hard. I don't know what the hell's wrong with that boy. Hasn't seen Die Hard. <laughs> I remember when he said that. And all the guys are looking at Like, there's a group of guys. We're all sitting in Chicago. And we're all talking. And then, and like, hey, remember this at Die Hard? And I'm like, I ain't, I ain't seen Die Hard. And it just, like, everyone stopped talking. And they all slowly turn and look at him like, you haven't seen Die Hard? <laughs> then Vince looks at you, what the hell's wrong with you, boy? <laughs> Just couldn't believe a guy hadn't seen Die Hard. Like, what? What? What do you mean you haven't seen Die Hard? It's like saying, I don't have a belly button. What do you mean you don't have a belly button? Uh, all right, that's it, kids. Um, if you want to support the show, check out all my other social media stuff. I have a blog. I have the YouTube channel. We got Asshole Consulting. Remember, if you want to help support the old captain, do all your Amazon purchases online uh, through my Amazon affiliate program by going to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. If there's nothing that you want, none of my sponsors, and you still want to help out, you may make a donation. I got a new Patreon account set up. You have to click on the $1 and then you switch it to if you want to donate 100 per month. You can. You certainly can. But if you want to throw a couple bucks my way per month, you can do that through Patreon. But you always could have done that through PayPal, which unlike Patreon, that takes 10%, PayPal only takes a 3% cut. Uh, And I put the PayPal donation or subscribe button off to the right and down in the column. The Patreon, I don't have an image for that yet. You just got to go to patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. We got my books. Uh, Check out some of those other podcasters I mentioned. And then as always, gentlemen, uh, fidget with your nuts. Make sure you don't have testicular cancer, one of the most curable cancers, preventable cancers, rather. Easy to detect, easy to cure. Then, ladies, even though you think that we hate you, even though there's more love and genuine care and compassion on this podcast than all of Oprah's works and all of feminism, uh, please get your mammograms. Remember, wearing pink things and wearing pink ribbons does not screen or identify breast cancer. Mammograms do. And even though your boyfriend or husband may volunteer selflessly to give you a mammogram for free, please go into the uh, doctor. I was going to say dentist. Please go into the doctor and get your mammogram screening today. That's it. We'll see you kids later. Toodles.